Chapter 7, Part 6 of The American Language. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Language by H. L. Mencken. Chapter 7, Differences in Spelling, Part 6, Minor Differences. Various minor differences remain to be noticed. One is a divergence in orthography due to differences in pronunciation. Specialty, aluminum, and alarm offer examples. In English, they are speciality, aluminium, and alarum, though alarm is also an alternative form. Specialty, in America, is always accented on the first syllable. Speciality, in England, on the third. The result is two distinct words, though their meaning is identical. How aluminium, in America, lost its fourth syllable, I have been unable to determine, but all American authorities now make it aluminum, and all English authorities stick to aluminium. Another difference in usage is revealed in the spelling and pluralization of foreign words. Such words, when they appear in an English publication, even a newspaper, almost invariably bear the correct accents. But in the United States, it is almost as invariably the rule to omit these accents, save in publications of considerable pretensions. This is notably the case with café, crêpe, Début, débutante, potière, levé, éclat, fête, régime, rôle, soirée, protégé, élite, mêlée, tête-à-tête, -tête, and répertoire. It is rare to encounter any of them with its proper accents in an American newspaper. It is rare to encounter them unaccented in an English newspaper. This slaughter of the accents, it must be obvious, greatly aids the rapid naturalization of a newcomer. It loses much of its foreignness at once, and is thus easier to absorb. Depot would have been a long time working its way into American had it remained depot, but immediately it became plain depot it got in. The process is constantly going on. I often encounter naivete without its accents, and even deschabille, hofbrau, seigneur, and résumé. Canyon was changed to canyon, c-a-n-y-o-n, years ago, and the cases of exposé, divorcé, schmierkas, employé, and matinée are familiar. At least one American dignitary of learning, Brander Matthews, has openly defended and even advocated this clipping of accents. In speaking of naïf and naïveté, which he welcomes because we have no exact equivalent for either word, he says, but they will need to shed their accents and to adapt themselves somehow to the traditions of our orthography. He goes on, after we have decided that the foreign word we find knocking at the doors of English, he really means American as the context shows, 
is likely to be useful, we must fit it for naturalization by insisting that it shall shed its accents, if it has any, that it shall change its spelling, if this is necessary, that it shall modify its pronunciation, if this is not easy for us to compass, and that it shall conform to all our speech habits, especially in the formation of the plural. Footnote. I once noted an extreme form of this naturalization in a leading southern newspaper, the Baltimore Sun. In an announcement of the death of an American artist, it reported that he had studied at the Beaux-Arts in Paris. In New York, I have also encountered Chauffeur, C-H-A-U-F-E-R. End footnote. In this formation of the plural, as elsewhere, English regards the precedents, and American makes new ones. All the English authorities that I have had access to advocate retaining the foreign plurals of most of the foreign words in daily use. Example, sanatoria, appendices, virtuosi, formulae, and libretti. But American usage favors plurals of native cut and the Journal of the American Medical Association goes so far as to approve curriculums and septums. Banditi, in place of bandits, would seem an affectation in America, and so would soprani for sopranos, and soli for solos. Footnote. Now and then, of course, a contrary tendency asserts itself. For example, the plural of medium, in the sense of advertising medium, is sometimes made media by advertising men. End footnote. The last two are common in England. Both English and American labor under the lack of native plurals for the two everyday titles Mr. and Mrs. In the written speech, and in the more exact forms of the spoken speech, the French plurals Monsieur and Madame are used, but in the ordinary spoken speech, at least in America, they are avoided by circumlocution. When Monsieur has to be spoken, it is almost invariably pronounced Messrs, and in the same way, Madame becomes Mesdames, with the first syllable rhyming with says, and the second, which bears the accent, with games. In place of mesdames, a more natural form, madams, seems to be gaining ground in America. Thus, I lately found Dame du Sacré-Cœur translated as Madams of the Sacred Heart in a Catholic paper of wide circulation, and the form is apparently used by American members of the community. In capitalization, the English are a good deal more conservative than we are. They invariably capitalize such terms as government, prime minister, and society, when used as proper nouns. They capitalize press, pulpit, bar, etc. almost as often. In America, a movement against this use of capitals appeared during the latter part of the 18th century. In Jefferson's first draft of the Declaration of Independence, nature and creator and even God, are in lower case. During the twenties and thirties of the succeeding century, 
probably as a result of French influence, the disdain of capitals went so far that the days of the week were often spelled with small initial letters, and even Mr. capital M-R became Mr. lowercase M-R. Curiously enough, the most striking exhibition of this tendency of late years is offered by an English work of the highest scholarship, the Cambridge History of English Literature. It uses the lowercase for all titles, even baron and colonel, before proper names, and also avoids capitals in such words as Presbyterian, Catholic, and Christian, and in the second parts of such terms as Westminster Abbey and Atlantic Ocean. Finally, there are certain differences in punctuation. The English, as everyone knows, put a comma after the street number of a house, making it, for example, 34, comma, St. James Street. They usually insert a comma instead of a period after the hour when giving the time in figures, example, 9, comma, 27, and omit the O when indicating less than 10 minutes, example, 8, comma, 7, instead of 8.07. They do not use the period as the mark of the decimal, but employ a dot at the level of the upper dot of a colon, as in 3.1416. They cling to the hyphen in such words as today and tonight. It begins to disappear in America. They use an before hotel and historical. Kipling has even used it before hydraulic. American usage prefers a, but these small differences need not be pursued further. End of chapter 7, part 6. Recording by Linda Johnson.